Buckle up, excellence junkies, because this podcast is definitely for you. Welcome to Rocket Fuel. Do you wish that you could surround yourself with people that love to kick ass just like you? Well, come to my party, baby, and meet some of the brightest stars in the entrepreneurial galaxy because it is my mission to give these entrepreneurs a platform to declare what they are on this planet to accomplish and to show you why they are rocket fuel. And we're live! Woo-hoo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get ready for some ridiculosity today. Yep, yep, yep. Because have you ever just like watched some people just being like crazy? They may be having fun. They're maybe acting stupid, whatever. And you're just kind of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe. But I kind of wish I could do that. (laughs) Right. Well, today we are going to talk about how actually the energy of being ridiculous and stepping out of your comfort zone can really be rocket fuel for your life. And we have Mr. Lucas Steves here, who's a speaker, a business owner, like he's just on a mission to really help spread this wonderful energy. So, Lucas, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm thrilled to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. What I love is that our audience is about up-leveling, right? It's about, they're about living business and life on level 11, like optimizing life. And sometimes it's not clear, like if you don't have a specific mission to do it, it's kind of like, well, how do I just up-level my life in general? And and it's interesting because you're really about just infusing this energy and this approach, like in whatever you do. So tell me about like how you even like came to the epiphany that being ridiculous is energizing for you. It's an interesting story and I'll start kind of in the middle because that's the best, most ridiculous way to start <laughs> any story. Okay. But I've been a business owner for a number of years and like so many people, I got caught up in this trap of like, everything's got to be really serious and I've got to be working like crazy all the time and I got to be stressed out all the time. And I struggled for a number of years. Yeah. And then a few years ago, I discovered the wonderful world of public speaking and that led me to discover the wonderful world of comedy. And Uh I took a comedy class and this guy, Derek, I'll never forget him. He was about six and a half feet tall, weighed about 110 pounds soaking wet. He was a ridiculous looking guy himself. And we were working on this comedy bit. It was going to be my first ever stand up sketch. And he said, "You're, you're taking it too seriously. And I was like, what do you mean, Derek? You're taking it way too seriously. And then he explained to me, he said, if you're, when you're doing comedy or Mm. you're speaking to a group of people in any capacity, you have to go to the level that you feel ridiculous. You have to go to the point where you feel like you're being absolutely ridiculous and there's no way people are going to find you funny because you're just being absurd on stage. And that is where the magic in comedy lies. Ah. And I did that and I had an incredibly successful first stand-up set. And then I remembered my old days. You know, I remembered when I was a kid. This is where I go back to the beginning of the story. Yeah, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Because when I was a kid, I was like nine or ten years old. My mother enrolled me in this summer camp that was a circus camp. And at that circus <laughs> camp, I learned how to juggle and walk on stilts and do all the fun circus stuff. And I was with a lot of people who were incredibly comfortable acting ridiculous. Right, right. <laughs> 
And I, at that age, I learned the value of it. And I, I had a very fun childhood because of it, because I was just willing to go and do whatever, to be myself. Like you said in the beginning, I was yeah. able to watch people having fun and being ridiculous, and I had no issues joining in. Right. I had no issues being part of it. But as I grew up, you know, people told me to sit down and be quiet and don't make mm-hmm. too much noise, try not to bump into the walls too much, you know, the typical adult stuff. Yep. I got less comfortable with being ridiculous. And that's <sighs> when I started to struggle. You know, that's when my business was struggling a little bit. That's when I was having some really serious mental health issues. It's when everything started to feel really heavy. But then I met Derek. He explained this whole concept of when you're doing comedy, be ridiculous. And then I remembered, right. That was the secret to having fun when I was a kid, to just be ridiculous. And I started doing ridiculous things. When I had to make a business decision, I thought, what is the thing that most other people would not do in this situation? And I did that. Uh-huh. Or, or when I was talking to a client, I thought, what is the most ridiculous thing I could say in this moment? And I said that. Or I would be walking down the street listening to a song that I really enjoyed. And like most people would just walk like a normal person. I was dancing like a maniac down the street. (laughs) And I noticed the first thing I noticed was life was way more fun because everybody who looked at me smiled. You know, everybody right. was having fun. Like, this is for you. This was like energizing for you. It like changed your vibe completely. Totally. But then I also noticed that sometimes you're in business, you know, that you come up upon some situations that are pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. And there's some decisions you have to make and things you have to do that are like they're incredibly difficult, incredibly scary and incredibly uncomfortable. But after I've started practicing ridiculosity and practicing being ridiculous on purpose and having fun and being okay with it, a lot of the other discomfort in my life went away. Yeah. And maybe went away is not true. It was still there, but I was so much better equipped to deal with it Mm. because I would come upon like, say, a business decision I had to make. And I would think initially I would think, oh, well, what's everybody going to think if I spend all this money I don't have on this equipment that I need? And what if I fail? Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. People are going to laugh at me. Yeah. But you know how many people laugh at you when you dance down the street? Lots. <laughs> so you know how, how much it matters if people laugh at me for a dumb business decision? It doesn't. Right. And, and so my business started to grow. And my brand started to get more centered on who I was rather than who I thought the world wanted me to be. And I started having more fun. And all of a sudden I started having, making more money and I started making more friends than I had ever had before because people were seeing me having fun. And -hmm. there's this cool thing about having fun where it's infectious. If you're having fun, people around you are starting to have fun too. Uh And then they start having fun and more people have fun and more people have fun. And it's like this ripple effect that goes through the whole world. And so suddenly my life of like financial struggle and stress and like just losing sleep over every little thing and never being able to pay my bills and being on the verge of homelessness, living in this garage in Boness, like all of a sudden I was having tons of fun. I never Mm. felt like I was really working that hard. And yet I was making significant amount more money than I had ever made before in my life. I had friends, more friends than I could count and people wanting to do things with me and wanting to come on adventures with me and have fun, which was a very new experience for me as well. Uh, And everything just kind of fell into place. Like, first of all, for those of you that are just listening on the podcast and not watching the video, like I'm like tearing up because I'm like, it's like really exciting for me. But the reason why I'm also tearing up is that 
this is like you're not speaking from a like, oh, I've always been happy go lucky my whole friggin entire life. And this is just how like this is a choice. This is a choice. And I'm like, I'm getting goosebumps because this is really important for those of our listeners who feel like what I said in the beginning, like, oh, yeah, he can do it, but I can't do it. Wouldn't it be nice if I could do that? I'm just I'm not that person or I don't do that or I can't have that much fun or I can't like you say all these stories to your to yourself. Right. And you you cap yourself. And so I I want you to take us a little bit more. And this is like for the purpose for for that person that could really benefit from ridiculousity. We're not talking, you're not necessarily talking to the person that is already like in a happy-go-lucky state and say like, crank it up, which of course it could help, right? But you're talking to the person that really needs to change things up. And so that reflection that you had, let's talk back through where you were when ridiculosity wasn't in your life. Yeah. Okay. This is deep. And I'm, I'm really glad you said that because I, I wasn't sure I was going to bring this up, but three and a half years ago, I tried to kill myself. Mm-hmm. That's where I was like that. I was wits end with everything in life. I was absolutely that person that looked around at everyone else in the world and thought, yeah, it's great for them. They can do it. They can have fun. They can go and have lives. They can make friends. They can have successful businesses, all that stuff. But it's just not for me. I've been, Mm -hmm. at that point, I'd been battling with mental health issues for over 10 years. I had tried medications. I had tried therapy, counseling, all kinds of stuff. I weighed over 350 pounds at that point in my life. Mm. And I was just miserable. And I I mean, it it just feels like there's no way out. Like there's like, how is this? This is what it is. Right. And that's just that's exactly it. Like I remember waking up every single day and I lived in this little unheated garage in this couple's backyard. Didn't even have running water in the building, but it was all I could afford. Mm-hmm. And the ceiling was drywall, but it was unfinished. And I remember every single morning I would wake up and I would literally count the screw holes in the drywall, 172 mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. And that's how I had to start my day every single day, because I would lay there thinking it's just another day. I mean, I, one of my businesses is a landscaping company. And at that point I was literally digging holes for a living and mm-hmm. I would count the screw holes thinking to myself, great, another freaking day of getting up and digging holes thanklessly and right coming home and this is all, this is it. This is and it. That, that was when I made the decision that I wanted to kill myself. It was just mm-hmm. like, if this is all life has to offer, I'm done. Then I just, I couldn't do it anymore. And I, I physically couldn't get myself out of bed anymore. I physically couldn't look after myself anymore. And it was, it was a really, really dark place. And thank goodness for me that that being in that dark place was the little bit of motivation I needed to push myself to try some new things. And that's ultimately what led me to discover public speaking and meet Derek, the comedy instructor, and put me on the path towards ridiculosity. What was that trigger, though, like for somebody that may be listening that is just like, I I don't get I mean, honestly, I hope this podcast is a trigger, right? Like there's something that happens where it's just like a revelation that when you feel like you don't have control, there's something that makes that gives you a little hint that maybe you do not even like, oh, I absolutely and maybe I I can kind of influence this. And what was that for you? That came in two forms for me. First off, it came from a letter from the owner of the garage that I lived in. She Mm -hmm. came and knocked on the door one day and handed me this letter, didn't say anything. And when I read the letter, the gist of it was get your shit together or get out of my garage. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, 
okay, this is serious because now I'm not one step away from being homeless. Now I'm actually staring down homelessness. And just the end of October in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, which if you're not from here, we have wicked bad winters. And winter is not money-making season for somebody who for owns a landscaping company. So yeah. I was like, okay, I have no, no job. I have no income. I have no prospects. And I'm about to have nowhere to live in the coldest months of the year. And oh so gosh. I need to do something different. Like, I, and then I started to realize like, I, okay, I really, I need to take some kind of action because you know, one of the crazy thing is that at that time I was so deep into personal development and personal growth. Like I was, I was consuming Tony Robbins content like crazy. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was taking in all this stuff. So I knew the power of taking action. I knew that I needed to yeah, shift. It's just like, I knew I needed, but I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't do it. But then this letter was like, okay, you need to, you really, really need to. And that was actually when I made the decision that I was going to kill myself. And I set a date on the calendar and I put a wow. mark on my calendar. Like if things aren't better by this day, that's it. And that was magic because all of a sudden my life had Ooh. an end date. Like I could actually look at my calendar and count the rest of the days of my life. And it was powerful, powerful stuff because I was motivated to get up and change things. I was motivated to go out into the world and do things a little bit differently. And anything I could do, I would do. So I, it started out where I went and I volunteered at this conference that I wanted to go to. It was a landscaping conference here in Calgary. Uh -huh. I really wanted to go, but I couldn't afford a ticket. But I thought, hey, if I volunteer, I'll get a free ticket and I can go to this conference. Ah. And, and I did. And I mean, I had been in the landscape industry since I was 14 years old. So I knew a lot of people at the at the conference and I, I connected again with a lot of old friends. And I came out of that conference feeling like, hey, maybe life isn't quite so bad. You know, right. maybe there is something and, and volunteering for anything was not something I did back then. It was just not part of my world. Right. And so that night I came home and I sat down on my bed and I was about to lay down and start counting screw holes like I because it was all I ever did other than work. Oh, Instead, I thought, well, maybe I should do something else different. So then I go to the house and the, the couple whose garage I was living in had a dog and I asked, hey, can I borrow your dog? It's a ridiculous request. But <laughs> I, I told them, I just, I need to get out. I need to go and walk and, I, and your dog will motivate me to walk. So I borrowed their dog and I hooked him uh, up to his leash and we went for a walk and we walked about five kilometers. And the first half was not ideal. But then as I was walking, oh. I started thinking back on this volunteering experience and how much fun it had been. And then I started thinking about all the Tony Robbins stuff I had heard and all the Jim Rohn stuff I had heard and all the, all the stuff, the content I had consumed, but not taken action on. And then realized like, Hey, if something as simple as going and volunteering at this conference made me feel just a little bit better, what if I did that more frequently? Mm -hmm. What if I started doing things that were not the normal things that I would do? So I went, I volunteered <laughs> at that conference and then I went on meetup.com. I don't know if you have that where you are, but yeah. Yes. I went and I found, I just typed in free events because I had no money. I was broke. I think I had $2,000, maybe not quite even $2,000 in my bank account at that point. Mm -hmm. And no, no prospects of making any kind of income. Wow. So, but, but free, I could afford free. I yeah. wasn't working, so I had the time. So I, th I made the decision every single event that I have time to go to, that doesn't cost me anything. I am going to go to.
And so I did. I started going to uh, these seminars and most of them were your typical, you know, two hour long sales pitch followed by sign up for my program, which is fine. I mean, everybody's got to make a living. Right. But yeah, I did that a couple of weeks for many weeks. And then on November 24th, 2017, mm-hmm. I went to one that was about public speaking. It was not actually through Meetup, though. It was a link my mother had sent me on Facebook. And I had never considered being a speaker. I considered myself an extremely shy introvert at that point. It was like the thought of getting on stage made me want to physically be sick. <laughs> but I thought, you know what? Very I, common. <laughs> very common, although it shouldn't be, but that's a whole other Right, Yeah. But I thought at the very worst case scenario, this will help my business a little bit. It'll get me more comfortable talking with clients and whatever. So so I signed up and I went and it changed my life. It totally wow. changed my life because it, for one thing, it wasn't your typical little two-hour sales pitch and then come and join my $10,000 program kind of thing. It was 11 hours of really value-packed learning and fun. And we did hands-on exercises and we got split out into groups. And this and was a free thing? This was a free thing. Uh, it, it did turn out to be a sales pitch. Sure, totally but I okay mean, after the that value that. that you got out of that. Absolutely. And so afterwards, I was just, I was left vibrating. Like I, yeah. I had so much fun and somebody at that, up to that point in my life, I wasn't necessarily uh, used to or comfortable with receiving compliments. Mm. But at that workshop, somebody that I'd been paired off with in a group heard me tell a story and they said, wow, you're an incredible storyteller. And my head just inflated like crazy. <laughs> I was like, really? I'm a good storyteller, hey? And then at the end of the day, I was sitting there, I was thinking about, I was thinking about how much fun I had had and how for the first time in a very long time, I wasn't drunk and stoned to get mm. through the day, which was mm. huge for me at that point. Like, wow, uh, yes. It was a massive breakthrough I was like holy smokes I've gone 11 hours without feeling the need to change the way I feel chemically something cool is going on here so then the the presenter started into his sales pitch he started talking about this five day long speaking academy that he ran and all this stuff then he said the price and I thought about that measly two thousand dollars in my bank account and was like there is absolutely no way I can make this happen it's not possible but I wish it could be I wish somehow I could make this happen. And then this was the magic moment, Wanda. I mentioned that at that time I weighed over 350 pounds. Uh This guy who was presenting also ran one of the world's most successful, I don't want to call it a diet program, but it's a health program that is one of the most successful weight loss programs in history. Wow. And his manager jumped on stage in the middle of his sales pitch, which you don't do. You do not interrupt a speaker mid-sales pitch, but she did. Right. And she said she just started shouting. And if you sign up right now, we'll throw in this health program. And this, this was an expensive health program as well. Wow. And at that moment, the voices in the back of my head screamed. They were like, you have to go and do this. You've been trying to get your weight under control for years. You had so much fun speaking. And if it doesn't work out by December 24th, you're going to be dead anyway. So let the freaking credit card company sort it out. That was literally. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so I pulled out my credit card and I signed up for this thing. And that got me on the road to public speaking, which ultimately got me on the road to comedy, which got me on the road to getting comfortable feeling ridiculous. And when I look back, so much of my depression and mental health issues and lack of success in business was just because I wasn't comfortable with being uncomfortable and I wasn't comfortable with being myself in front of people. And yeah, it's like you had to. The concept came up. It's like you had to 
rediscover who who you were. So before I don't want to lose anybody. and I don't know how how if anybody's listening at the, at this point, they should they would want to leave. How could they want to leave? But I know that you put together this really, really great, I guess I could say guide, you know, on on how to infuse like everyday ridiculosity into your life. And I want to share this first and then we're going to we're going to continue on. But the reason being is for those of you listening, it's not just about hearing the story, right? Like I want to make sure that if this resonates with you, then you do something about being inspired by somebody amazing like Lucas. And and this is why I ask every one of our experts and our guests to, to provide something to the audience that kind of allows the impact to kind of extend. And so Lucas put together these seven things that you could do to stretch your comfort zone, right? And these are the things that he's used to, that resulted in more friends, more fun, but just being able to like reach your goals by practicing this everyday ridiculosity. And this is how you're going to get it. You're going to text RF for rocket fuel dash ridiculosity to 411321. So it's RF dash. I'm going to spell it out because it ain't no word. It doesn't exist. This is in Lucas's world. R-I-D-I-C-U-L-O-S-I-T-Y. And it's also going to be in the in the show notes. So RF dash ridiculosity to 411321. Make sure you provide your email address. It is going to pop this awesome guide here. <laughs> Seven things you could do to just start infusing ridiculosity in your life and makes it really super approachable, right? Just because once again, people feel like I don't get it. Like, how could it, I don't get how I could start doing this. And obviously what you shared, it helps. Now I know you're in Canada and we want to make sure that we share it for our non-US folks. So you could also text to plus one nine zero nine seven four one one three two one. That's the phone number plus one nine oh nine seven four one one three two one. Get your phone right out. And in the message, you're going to text RF rocket fuel RF dash ridiculosity. I'm going to spell it one more time. R-I-D-I-C-U-L-O-S-I-T-Y. It's going to ask you for your email address if you've never texted a catchword and you're going to get it in your email inbox. If you've texted one of our other catchwords, then we don't need your email because we already have it and you will get this instantaneously. Thank you, Lucas, for putting this together. I know it took a little bit of work for you to think through what you can offer the audience as an extension, but I knew you were going to motivate some people and hopefully they'll be motivated to take some action after this. <laughs> That's the goal. That's definitely the goal. I really just wanted to give people a quick step-by-step -step guide. So if you're sitting there thinking, okay, do things that make me feel ridiculous. That's great. But how? How? Now, this is a great, there's seven things. There's seven days in a week. You do one thing every day of the week and then start again. And before you know it, you're on fire. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, I mean, you also consider yourself a mental health advocate because of this story, recognizing that it was this shift that you made in energizing yourself and the adrenaline and kind of feeling like you were connecting. You gave yourself the opportunity to connect with like what jazzes you up. Up, right. And um, it's interesting that like you were just going to all of these free events because it's it's not about like knowing what jazzes you up. Sometimes like you just have no idea. And so your willingness to just go out and explore different things allowed you to find the thing that really energized you. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's, I think one of the things that so many people get hung up on is it's like, I I just don't know what gets me excited. Well, like, that's the thing. There's a lot of things in the world. There's a lot of things you could do. And you have to do a lot of things that don't get you excited in order to find the thing that gets you excited. So yeah. And and you know what, something that that you said earlier, too, is, is that, you know, obviously, our environment and, you know, our, our parents, what we grew up around and stuff, all of that structures like what you have been exposed to or what you've been willing to try, right? Because maybe some people uh, may judge if you did this or that or whatever, right? So it's really important to recognize that maybe the reason why you don't know what the thing is, is just because it's it's kind of been conditioned out of you, right? Like when you were a kid, you're willing to try whatever. And now it's like, oh, don't do that or calm down or don't be so loud or don't be so silly or don't be whatever. And then you've lost that connection. So it takes this stretch out of your comfort zone to start the path, the journey and trying to find what that that is. And that's like super powerful. And I know that you love to share this message. I mean, for those of you that are like, okay, how do I get more more of, of Lucas? You share it as a speaker. And who who do you usually speak in, in front of? What are the groups that you usually um, get invited to? Yeah. So like you said, I consider myself a bit of a mental health advocate because I believe that what I went through is not something that anybody should ever have to go through, but they should, yeah. they, they can hear my story and they can connect with it and then not have to go through it because I went through it on their behalf. Yeah. Um, and so, so I like to speak to groups of young men, you know, people that are like me in their the position I was, because unfortunately in the mental health world, men are very much ignored. Mm. You know, I mean, women are often not taken seriously about physical health problems and men are often not taken seriously about mental health problems. It's just yeah. one of the many ways the system is broken, in my opinion. And so I feel like by talking to groups of young men, you know, I, at that time I was running a landscaping company. One, one of the places that I often talk about mental health is in trades unions. Uh, mm. I've spoken for the Landscape Alberta trades union uh, and talked about that because I mean, everybody is out there feeling alone. You know, there's all these guys in their late 20s, early 30s feeling like the world's on their shoulders. They've got families to look after, bills to pay, businesses to run, all this stuff, and nobody's got their back. Yeah. When I tell them my story, they suddenly feel like, okay, well, maybe somebody's got my back. Yeah. Or they'll sometimes feel like, okay, well, maybe I'm not the only one in this position. Because when you're in that position, it's really uncomfortable to say, hey, I feel like I'm drowning here and I need some help, especially for men who have always been the one that has to provide the help, not the one who goes to ask for it. So simply by hearing me tell the story, they suddenly feel like, oh, okay. I'm not isolated. This isn't just me. There's nothing wrong with me if I ask for help. And then then I can inspire them because they can see the other side. So I, I like to talk at mm-hmm. trade unions and youth groups is a, another particularly fun place for me to talk because I get to talk to young people who haven't yet lost that excitement for life. Yeah. Uh, I, get to t- I get to tell them that the world at some point is going to tell you to be quiet and be less ridiculous and be more grown up and don't believe them. It's a trap right. well, I get, I get to get in there before it's programmed out of them. So, so I really love speaking for schools, especially that's one place where mental health, I think is, uh, is yes. absolutely critical, but 
Basically, uh, anywhere that there's a gathering of, of young people, especially men in their mid-20s, early 30s, those are really the people I like to talk to. Um, and these are, I mean, we've had great results with getting people to have dance parties in, at safety meetings on construction sites. And right. And productivity go <laughs> up on the job sites and people are happier at the end of the day and all this stuff and, and karaoke parties. I, we started this concept with one company, a karaoke party on a construction site where you crank <laughs> up the music with whatever ridiculous, it, it all started. I won't tell you the whole story because we don't have time, but we, we, the, my crew and I found a box of cassette tapes and there was a village people cassette tape. Yeah. And we, we put on our safety vests and our hard hats and we spent the <laughs> afternoon rocking out to YMCA and it was the greatest day. It was so much fun. Yeah. So, so I like to speak to people in those con this construction industry, the trades industries, the anywhere where things get taken really seriously and maybe don't necessarily need to be taken quite so seriously. Right. Right. I love that. I love that. And it would be interesting to kind of explore what are some of the the professions that have a lot of depression associated with them? You know, I, I never really thought of, about that, but it'd be interesting to kind of to look at that because it's that that situation where it's like, OK, your, your job may be serious, but that doesn't mean that like your energy has to be low or heavy as a result of that. I mean, I, I actually think of a, of a friend of mine who was a funeral director, you know, and um, he's really jolly guy, right? It, and sometimes it's like it needs taking that extra energy to recognize that you want to tap into the positive because you may be exposed to a lot of, of negative. I'm even thinking, Lucas, I'm, I'm just brainstorming for you here because there's so many people that could benefit. But imagine like the healthcare work that have been affected by treating COVID patients and such. So, so I'm just inviting, I'm, I'm sending a call out to anybody who is in a leadership position where you can, you can actually bring somebody in to try and, and motivate motivate the people in your organization, in, in your group. Obviously, you had mentioned collection of young men and doing that, but infusing everyday ridiculosity, <laughs> ridiculosity. <laughs> It's a no brainer. Like I get it. And you're such a wonderful carrier of that message. And I, I just hope that people in the audience that are empowered to bring you in to, to just bless their people with your bright shining light. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Um, I mean, anybody who can hear the story and be inspired is a success to me, you know? It's yeah. Like it's just like, yeah, like you mentioned, there's so many professions out there that weigh people down. And just because your job is stressful doesn't mean your life has to be. And, and mm. it's just, it all starts with being ridiculous and being okay with it and finding that, finding that inner child again and being yeah. be playful and have fun in life. And the Joker in Batman said it so perfectly, you know, why so serious? Yeah. Life, life is not that serious. We're all headed to the same place. So mm. let's have fun on the way and be successful and make lots of friends as we do it. It's yeah, it's just, Absolutely. it's a whole lot of fun. So be ridiculous guys. Seriously. Be ridiculous. Be, no, you might think it's ridiculous to text RF ridiculosity to 411 <laughs> but, but that's exactly why you should do it because maybe that's that thing that you don't normally do. You yeah. Know, that's it. You know, you, there's all kinds of cool, ridiculous things you can do. You know, something you can start with right today and you'll find it in my PDF, but I'm going to give it to you for free right here. Nice. Go and buy your morning coffee mm. and ask the barista to give it to you for free. 
Just walk up to the till and say, hey, can I have this coffee for free? You will be shocked at how many times they will give it to you for free. And if they don't, who cares? Because it's practice doing things that are ridiculous. Yes. Give me one more freebie, one more freebie. This one's not even in the PDF. Go nice. and take a nap on a public bench somewhere. Find a really crowded space and lay down on a public bench and take a nap. Nothing makes you feel ridiculous like doing that. And it's a really cool experience. I swear, you've got to try it. You really do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, guys, you need these tips. So pull out your cell phone right now. Text to 411321 if you're in the U.S., right? That's the phone number, 411321. The message is RF-Ridiculosity. <laughs> R-F-R-I-D-I-C-U-L. O-S-I-T-Y, Ridiculosity, um, to 411321. And if you are outside of the U.S., you could text the long code number, which is plus one nine zero nine seven four one one three two one. And the message is RF Ridiculosity. Guys, there's no question. Every single person, honestly, every single person that is listening to this can benefit from this. But my personal call out is to support Lucas in sharing his message. This is foundationally built on mental health, right? And really ensuring that we are all in the best mental health we could possibly be to deal with any of the stressors in our lives to, and to overcome those and to be able to, to actually be open to, to success and opportunity because our energy is up, up, up instead of down, down, down. Any last minute message, Lucas, as we wrap it up? I don't think so. I think I've said everything I need to say. Yeah. Just go out and have fun. You know, do yes. promise Why me so serious? something today that makes you feel ridiculous. No matter how small it is, do one little thing. I promise you it will change your life. Thank you so much, Lucas Steves. It was a pleasure to have you. We'll definitely need to have you jazz up our audience another time. Thank you so much for jazzing up the Rocket Fuel community. And I hope you guys all have a rocking day. Bye now. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Look, every one of our episodes is boosted by a value-packed keyword called a catchword. Yeah. This allows our audiences to text to receive even more value from our guests. So take advantage of that great value. And if you share your expertise by guesting on podcasts or TV or speaking in front of live or digital audiences, then you're leaving anonymous fans behind. So go get a catchword at catchwords.com, K-E-T-C-H words.com and use podcast 20 as a promo code for 20% off your setup fee. Look, make sure to rate, review and subscribe to the Rocket Fuel podcast so you never miss your jolt of Rocket Fuel. Until next time, adios.